Listen, before we get started, I need you all to like, to share this, uh, tag somebody who you think will be blessed by this. Matter of fact, just let the world know that Jeffrey Johnson Sr. is on Facebook Live tonight. All right. We're going to have a good time. I had to beg him to come on. And so he's here. Now go ahead and say something. They think it's just a picture. It is a picture. <laughs> good evening, Sean. How are you? I'm well, sir. Good. And good evening, everybody that's zooming in. Yes. They're actually Facebook living in. They're they're on Facebook. We're the, we're on Zoom. They're on Facebook. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm still learning. I've learned more in the last two weeks about technology than I've had in the last six years. <laughs> well, I've been podcasting and Facebooking and tweeting and Facebook Live and Instagramming and uh, YouTube, everything else. And some yeah. other things we're trying to get you to do this weekend. Yeah, so we are, and you know, as we, I've, I've been saying like throughout this week, Eastern Star Church is the place where Jesus is exalted and the word is explained. So even when our physical doors are closed, we are still ensuring, trying to ensure that Jesus' name is still being exalted and that his word is still being explained. And so I know that people are appreciative of you stepping out into the digital platforms and uh, the way you're getting your messages, your messaging out through the YouTube, uh, the daily devotionals that you've been given. And of course, like, the live sermons and uh, the sermons that you've been uploading, and I'm sure it has been a blessing to people's uh, to people's lives, especially during this time that we're living in right now. So, with all that's going on, like, how are you feeling right now? How are you feeling going into this digital space? Like, with this being our only option at this point, like, what's going on in your mind? Yeah, I I, I guess the the digital piece is not an issue for me. We, you know, we, you and I both know we have a fantastic group of people around us that help make this happen. So uh, really what I do is cast vision and kind of lead in the direction we want to go. And then that, that team comes around and figures out how do we get this messaging out? How are people uh, going to be able to respond to this? Somebody, and I, I wish I could remember the name of the person I heard say this in Acts chapter two, when the 120 met in the upper room and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to yeah. speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to do it. They spoke in different languages of the people who were in Jerusalem from around the world. Yeah. And, and so he helped me to understand this has been, I don't know how many years ago, that this is a language people speak, technology, uh, right. digital. And these are, these are vehicles, these are languages, a way to get God's messaging out. And so I don't have any issue with it. I'm just glad I got enough people around me to help it look like, you know, pretty decent once it gets out there. Yeah. So listen, for all those who are tuning in right now, we appreciate y'all tuning in live. We ask you to share this so this can get out to as many people as possible as we continue to make the word of God uh, nowadays is being more accessible than ever. And uh, with the help of those who have been tuning in, who follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, who are subscribing to our YouTube channel. And even we, had a, we got a podcast, the Eastern Star Church podcast, where you can get all the sermons that have been preached and uploaded this year. And uh, we are also working on a few other things 
uh, that we look forward to getting you out in the near future. Um, and so if you're tuning in, if you got any questions uh, for Pastor Johnson, we're gonna get to a few of those questions at the end. So make sure you drop some of them questions in the comments and we'll get to as many as we can. Uh, but for the time being, one of the questions that uh, that people have been asking of pastors and leaders during this time is really simple. Like, how are you feeling right now? Like, not just as a pastor, but as like a human being, a husband, a father, a man, like how are, how are you kind of dealing with this transition uh, of the core team, of social distancing and, and all of that? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling fine. I feel great. Um, you know, I, I have a relationship with, with God through his son, Jesus Christ. I have his Holy Spirit living in me. We're in the middle. Well, we're on the second end of our fasting and praying. So physically, I feel great. Um, I've been in, in the presence of God during the, every day and night. So I'm feeling fantastic in terms of my, my health. But emotionally, I, I've been strained. Uh, like everybody else, looking at the news, seeing what's going on, hearing what's going on, right, and and then of course it touching uh, people who are very very close to me. You know, a lot of times we look at pastors and we think that all we're doing is offer leadership to the church. They don't know these are our brothers and sisters. These are our sons and daughters, our mothers and fathers. These are people who are like family to us, and so to uh, people are are still. Uh, passing on, going on in the glory that has nothing to do with the virus. They still got to try to figure out a way to minister to them. People are still hungry. People still need assistance with their homes and trying to keep their homes and somewhere to live. And then those who are being affected by the virus. So uh, my heart goes out to them. And to hear one of my dear friends who's a member is in the hospital right now in intensive care, and they won't let me anywhere near the hospital. And so trying to reach out to his wife and and being in prayer for them so those things it's an emotional drain right and during the season i get calls from around the country what are you doing how are you doing it what, what do you think about this and so i get calls from pastors and christian leaders and ministers from around the country and so it's a it's a it's a pull on me um but that's you know it's the times in which we live but we just have to listen to god's holy spirit speaking to us and trying to address it yeah, so, I mean, like initially people think, you know, once the, the doors of the, the church and the programs and all that stuff is shut down, it's almost like people may think like initially, well, like, you know, the work may be less, but we've talked about this. Like, it seems like we've been in more meetings and doing more work now as we're working from home than before the virus. Yeah, it's been, it's been a minute since I worked 12 and 13 hours a day. So uh, it, it's a lot of work. And uh, I think sometimes people try to push their theology about the church on the church rather than receiving the theology from the church. We've never put that much emphasis in a building. It's right. people who are not a part of the church that put a lot of emphasis in the building. We always uh, understood that much of Jesus' work was done uh, outdoors, not in the temple, in the synagogue. He did, he did heal and he did worship and he did go in and read God's word and speak God's word in those spaces. But much of his work was out, outdoors and so was ours. So none of that has stopped uh, because we can't get in a building. Yeah. You know, I, I was doing a series of messages on the metaphors of church. Mm. And uh, so we, we are, 
we're a city set on a hill. We're the salt of the earth. We're the, the bride of Christ. We're the body of Christ. So as, as those metaphors illustrate, it's not just coming to a building and worshiping. It's, it's getting out and ministering. And so we continue to do that, as you know, uh, every day in meetings and a bunch of text messages and uh, reaching out to people through various uh, digital means. Yeah. It's, it's draining as you pour into people. The thing that a, a lot of times for me, and I can't speak for every Christian leader that's out there, but for me to keep pouring out and, and, and not much pouring back into me, you know, when, when you're preaching and teaching and you're around the, the body of Christ, not only are you blessing them, but they're blessing you. And so just um, every day I'm on trying to share God's word. I'm, having interviews, I'm meeting with people, I'm giving my insight in different areas. And so I'm doing a lot of pouring out and uh, just, I miss the the camaraderie of the church. I miss the, as somebody said, I'm, I like hugging and touching and you know, like embracing. And I, right. I miss that because that, that helps to, to give back into myself. Yeah, so outside of you missing the church, what are some other things during this, this time of self-quarantine have you missed most? I mean, I, you know, I, and I know I eat out a little bit. I didn't know I ate out as much as I did. <laughs> so I, I got to admit, I miss somebody cooking my food and bringing it to me and making it right and uh, coming back and asking me, do I want something else? And so I, I miss that. I miss, um, uh, I guess I, I've been exercising more since this situation. But I, 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 and I, I call myself an introvert. I told somebody I might have to stop calling myself an introvert because I miss being around people. And uh, and and we were talking before we came on. I, I, I miss the NBA just a little bit, just just a tad <laughs> missing of the National Basketball Association. Yeah, <laughs> but that was, I mean, for some of us, for a lot of us, that was a way of us like decompressing from the day's activities, going home and being able to watch LeBron or our favorite sports and our favorite athletes. And then to take that away from us is like, now we got to figure out another way to kind of, kind of calm down and, and decompress from the day's activities. So. Yeah. But you, you know, your mom and I, we, we've been doing this for a long time. We, we set a day aside every week where we go spend some time out in the evening together. And uh, so I, I miss that, too, because, you know, your mom, like, she's spoiled. So she likes nice restaurants and nice environments. So uh, I, I miss what that what that means. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you touched on it briefly, uh, you know, before all this stuff happened, you were in the middle of a series. Of, actually, you know, you and I both were sharing the preaching load about celebrating the church, the black church the universal church you was dealing you were dealing with um the metaphors of the church and how the church is beyond just the building and even when we look at you know eastern star church in a hundred years of us being in existence the black church how we started the black church didn't start in the building it started in slavery in, in the woods somewhere and so to see where we are now and you reflect on those sermons that we've been preaching like do you think those sermons looking back on it do you think that god was like speaking to our people, preparing our people and those who are listening to those sermons for a time like this, when the building is closed, we can still be the body. Yeah, one of, one of the things I'm actually, 
uh, working on right now for Sunday's message is God always uh, gives you what you need for the storm before the storm. Yeah. So uh, before this storm came, God had already given us what from his word, what we needed for the storm, whether it's recognizing who we are as the people of God, as the body of Christ, as the church, and what that really means from God's perspective. God is already, you know, so we, we spent the first quarter working on that. And, and you know, I was preaching two sermons uh, each week. Right. Yep. And the other one was about the illustrations or the metaphors for the body, for the church. And the other was, was messages of hope and miracles. And so I spent the first quarter uh, hopefully building people's faith and building people's hope and expectation of what God can and will do. And the fact he's a miracle worker and the same God that worked miracles in the first century is the same God who's working miracles in the 21st century. So I think God and our ministry at Easter Star Church gave us uh, what we needed for the storm before the storm. And yeah. so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit because some people are wondering, am I going to make it? Am I going to get through this? Well, if, if God allowed you to get in it, he already gave you what you need in order to be able to address it. It wasn't going to prevent it. What the word of God and what and, and the spirit and the Holy Spirit and what the things God gives us. I never said I'm going to give you that stuff to prevent your storm, mm -hmm. but I'm going to give it to you to protect you through your storm and so you can press through and push through your storm because evidently God is going to use this uh, to get us to where he's been trying to get us in the first place and we wouldn't go there. So God says, okay, I know how to redirect you to where I need you. Though. So, I mean, and, and while we're in this current storm, um, not just Eastern Star Church, but every church, um, across the world dealing with the quarantine and the social distancing and the effects of the virus. And initially we saw a lot of people um, really like taking shots at the church of those who were closing their doors after we got word that we couldn't be around 125 or and then when it went down to 50 and down to 10 and people were talking about, well, the church needs to stay open. That's a lack of faith. And then you got people who close their doors um, and I think I don't know if I don't know if you said that. I forgot who I heard say this, but like um it wasn't it's not faith of opening your doors. That's not expressing faith. The faith is closing your doors and trusting that God is going to be able to provide what we need in order to meet the needs of the people. And then you got other folk, other churches and who are still opening their doors, still having church. And there are a few churches across the country that I've seen stories where people who attracted the virus because they went to church. And so I'm sure um, members of Eastern Star Church and other churches are grateful for leaders and pastors like yourself who take the health of their members seriously, who understand the importance of closing the doors, but still being able to deliver that message um, digitally and virtually. So like, what were your thoughts of the, about that, about that idea of, you know, this is a lack of faith for churches to close their doors. And then you got other folk who leaving their doors. Yeah, that, for, for, first, let me say, that when somebody um, tests positive for the coronavirus, and believe me, we've been fasting and praying for those persons and for those persons who have um, experienced death in their family or somebody close as we have, um, my heart goes out to them. I, I pray for them and, and I believe that God's gonna bring comfort and God works all things together for good and I believe that's gonna happen. I, I think we have to be careful on where we say somebody got it from. Mm -hmm. So we'll say, 
Well, they got it because they, they kept the church open and they went to church and they got it at church. We don't know where they got it. We don't know how long they had it. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, we don't even check until after they get it. So he may, they may have got it two weeks before they went to church. Then they went to church. The next day, we test them. They got it. That don't mean they got it at church. Yeah. It may mean they took it to church. So we don't we don't quite know what that right. one of the things I was trying to express to our, our our leaders at our church at Easter Star Church was people have to deal with this within their context. So we say, well, all the churches need to close. Well, okay, if that's your take on it, then that's fine. But remember, it's more than three hundred thousand churches in the U.S. Right. So that means that every single church in every context in every situation needs to close because that's your take on it okay that's one way to look at it so if you're in new york okay california uh washington state some of the other places that they that people are telling us are the epic center of the world okay but if you're in some of these rural places I, you know it's the context of it and people talk about well if they had faith they would have stayed open because God is Jehovah Rapha, he's a God of heal. Jesus is a great physician, he's a doctor that's never lost a patient, that we lay hands on the sick and they should be healed. Okay, that's your understanding of where you are in your faith. So based on that, you keep your doors open. And then somebody else says, well, you know, we just gotta trust and believe that God can heal when we're not around. He's done that before too. Jesus just spoke the word and somebody got healed miles away. So. But it, the context of what God is speaking to that leadership in that ministry, where that church is, um, the, what does that church provide for that community? Right. So if that church is providing something that without it, most people will die. Then we well, just close. You got to have faith. Okay. Now, what are we going to do about these people over here dying? Because we didn't open. Yeah. You know, there, there are churches that feed people every day. There are churches who are the uh health professionals for that their community so there's all kind of so people have to look at it i believe in their own context i heard one pastor say well when people don't close the church that means they don't have faith that's not what that meant mm -hmm. <laughs> so they had meetings like you did with your leaders and because they didn't agree with you and your leaders they'll you're right and they're wrong why don't we let the holy spirit allow people to, the, the, allow the holy spirit to speak to people within their context Here's why we close. Now, I can talk about that. I can't talk about 300,000 churches <laughs> right. and what they do and why they have to do it. I can't do that. Right. We close because, as you, you mentioned, son, that first they said you can, you can go because there's only a few percentage of the people in the nation. You can still, it's very unlikely you'll get it. Okay. Then it came back. Our health professionals and our government officials said, you can't have no more than 500. Okay, well, most of us, most churches can have church, less 500 or less. Right. Like then it's said, in average Indiana went to 250. Right. Yeah, Indiana went to 250. At the same time, I spoke to a pastor in New York. They were at 500, where Indiana was at 250. So he had less, he had two services. He had less than 500 people at both. So he said, I'm staying open. I said, well, they told you you could. So we're listening to health professionals and government officials send a message to us. Well, they told us 250 in Indiana. We can't have, we can't have a staff meeting yourself for 250. <laughs> so we're, we're, we did it because we're concerned about the health of our members yes, and our staff. And 
like our care center, which is our outreach ministry, most of the volunteers are 60 plus years old. And some of them are volunteers, you know, they retired and they come down to they work at the care center like they got a job there. And I guess they do, they're about their father's business. But to have them keep coming and we're hearing the messaging at the time, it's older people that now it's 18 to 44 tomorrow to be something else. Right. But the for us, what we were hearing, we need not close the church. We close the buildings. <laughs> yes, sir. And the church is still open. Mm. And we're the body of Christ. We're the city set on the hill. You can't close us. So, but we did it for the safety of our members, for the safety of our staff, and of course our seniors. Uh, we were very, very careful uh, about what we were exposing them to, and we could do it. Uh, to be honest with you, son, we could do it one because we believe it's, it's God's church, and in our context, we felt like Christ said. We can go without these buildings for a minute and still get the work of the kingdom done. That's right. And our members have been so generous. You know, we have not had to cut back on feeding the hungry and providing uh, needs and helping people through crisis. We have not had to cut back on that. And, and our work in Haiti, uh, even though we can't get there in person, our resources still get there. So we serve millions of meals Millions of meals have been served in Haiti to children and their families because of our church. And what we do with Steph Seminary, uh, which is actually an undergrad school for Christian leaders, a college over there, they still get our resources. We still build homes in, in Haiti. So uh, we still empower the farmers over there and communities and Christian leaders. So our buildings are closed. The church is not closed. And we've still been able to do it uh, because of the generosity of people who recognize that if people are losing jobs, People taking cuts in pay, uh, that's that's more of a pull on the church. So these, as you mentioned, the people who've been blasting the church, nobody's calling you asking you to help a community to get their rent paid and mortgage and can we eat? Nobody call them. They call it us. They call it yeah. the church. So while you bashing us, we blessing other people. And it didn't stop when the coronavirus started. So I think we have to just look at it in its context and allow people to hear God through his Holy Spirit and their understanding of scripture without us trying to call this what I, I think. You know, everybody, 300,000 churches in every context got to believe like you. I, that's, that, that's interesting to me. Yeah. So we, we've been able to accomplish a lot. And, and, you, and, and, you, and many people keep bringing up uh, technology and, and the digital means of getting things accomplished, which we were doing. Be, you know, God prepared us for the storm before the storm. Now some people are trying to quickly put something together. We didn't have right. to do that. Right. We just had to expand. Yes, sir. And everything was already in place to make that happen. You know, we had to put something in the pastor's house. So, you know, I can <laughs> sit at home. You look, you look very high tech right now. Yes, <laughs> I'm at my house with my technology. You were from high tech to high tech in three lives. months. Never heard of Zoom or Facebook Live, and then look at me, son. <laughs> uh, see what happens in three weeks. All this can change. Yeah, man. So, two months I mean, from now, so, I'm gonna be killing it. Exactly. So, with that though, we talked about you know the opportunities for the church with the digital space, and understanding like right now, um, we just 
taking taking ministry beyond Sunday morning. You know, we've we've traditionally depended on Sunday morning to communicate not just the gospel to our people, but church announcements and all these things to our people being able to communicate now with the with the closing of buildings not the church but the buildings uh we're using the digital space to be able to communicate our messaging and that's very important but then you know we got we got people watching online but then there's a generation that has been left out and so we talk about the senior saints who may not be on facebook who can't use zoom who don't understand youtube but great but but gratefully we uh thought about that. And so what a lot of people don't know is what well, people are asking, well, how do we communicate with Zoom? How, how do we communicate with our senior saints? Well, we're still on the radio. Uh, we got back on, on, on the local television to be able to communicate to our senior saints. We got people that's calling our senior saints to check up on them. So um, a lot of us, a lot, a lot of churches have been focusing a lot of their energy on the digital media and digital space, which is important, but let us not forget you know, our senior saints during this time, who are the, the most vulnerable in this time as well. Yeah, and and, and I, I wanted, let me say this about, because people say, you know, the church, the black church only do something on Sunday and Wednesday. No, because you're not connected. You think that's the only time we do something is on Sunday and Wednesday. Uh, so the, the church operates every day. You know, people, all these small groups, oh, you need to have small groups. Y'all do small groups at your church? Here's what one of your classmates, son, F. Bruce Williams, pastors yeah. in Louisville, he said the black church been doing small groups organically. Mm -hmm. We don't have to have a day and time. Here's when we're going to meet for our small group. We're black. We're of <laughs> African descent. We're tribal. Yes, sir. We're communal. So you and your friends, as soon as church is over, hey, man, where y'all going? Oh, man, we're going over to Applebee. So 12 of y'all go over there. That's a small group. Yes, sir. And we're going over to my mama's house. Okay, man. Your mama man, no, man, come on over, man. My mama, that's so 12 people met. That's a small group. So we organically, as black people, people of African descent living in America, we've been doing small groups. So every day we're, we're visiting the city, we're going to nursing homes, we're visiting our seniors, we showing up at each other's homes. And that's that's not now. That didn't just start because, well, we got to check on people. We've been checking on people. <laughs> but here's the thing. And you mentioned all those wonderful things that our ministry is doing, and people take ownership of that. So it's not like people are waiting for who's up over this ministry to tell us we got to. No, people take ownership of that. So you, when you when you're in church and you sit around a group of people, it, when I go to uh, the Colts football game, everybody around me want to be my friend. So it's all this circle, the constituent circle. We just season ticket holders. I don't, I don't want no more friends. But, but but everybody around there are friends. They all have some kind of connectivity and affinity with one another. Well, we can get that at the Colts game. You don't think we do that in church? So people are already checking on folks. We did it as a ministry, but people take ownership of the, hey, how can I get in touch with, all right, here's what we do. And I'll tell you one thing, I heard Pastor Shelby at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, over on the west side. And he was talking about, you know, but their church gives away food, like most churches in America. And now because of the coronavirus, they had challenges with that. He said, man, they just have people, they go to the store, when you buy, like we, used, we do our care center, when we go grocery shopping for ourselves, we buy groceries for the care center, take it over there. Well, instead of taking it to their outreach ministry, they take it and set it on the porch of a yeah. senior saint. Right. So they don't have to call Kroger, 
I guess Marshall's clothes, whoever's or whatever the grocery stores are, or the, the Rock Fresh Market, and say, hey, can you deliver? Well, they're delivering, and they're not charging them. They're just looking out for their seniors. And as you say, we called a bunch of our seniors, and we didn't just call to check on them, but we also called, how are you getting Pastor Johnson's messages? Right. Yeah, I've been listening on the radio. Okay, well, we need to increase our our presence on the radio. Right. Well, I used to watch it on, on local TV. Okay, well, we got to get back on there. <laughs> uh, so, and then, and then the other ways too, through, you know, Facebook Live and Facebook and uh, YouTube and how it, so with people, and, and, and thank God, 87% of our seniors, they're more tech savvy than I am. So I got to catch up with the seniors at our church. But, we reached out and that's what i had an interview with radio one and they were asking about smaller churches that may not have the resources to right. have technology at a certain level and have a staff and a team like we have i'm like man i'm telling y'all one-on-one still works better than anything to pick up a phone and call somebody they were talking about how reaching senior pick up a phone and call somebody that right. still works people still like to talk on the telephone i know it's hard for some generations to get and, and to know you care about me as an individual. Yeah. And so when I talked to Pastor Shelby, he got tons of those ideas of what they've been doing to help his congregation. He's reaching out to other smaller congregations to say, hey, here are some creative ways that you can still reach your people and still be a blessing through this time. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. So we talk about, you know, the church's response to the current situation. And once God delivers us out of this situation and the doors open back up, um, in your in your understanding and in your experience with the church, and how do you feel the church is going to look like moving forward? Is it back to business as usual before all of this happened, or is there a mixture of both of both being able to have high tech and high touch? How do you think we're going to move forward, not just as Eastern Star Church, but as the body of Christ? Yeah, this is just my own little personal take. Uh, I believe it's going to be a mixture of both. I think that people who are are high tech, <laughs> high tech person, email us and just express his appreciation for now. We're doing something every day on technology, and we can, you know, we can get it, and that's important. And I'm glad the churches are at this level. And so I think um, those of us who showed up in a church building to get everything that we needed. Now I think we understand, hey, I, you know, I can do church on demand now. You know, I don't right. have to wait till I get there. I can get it before there. It's just a blessing going and I'm still going to go. But I, I'm learning the advantages of technology to receive what God has for me. But I think it's going to be the other way, too. You locked in your house yeah. for however long. And the only way you reach your pastor and your Christian friends and your church is the, through a, a smart device. You thinking, man, I need to touch somebody. I just, I, so now I think people who are tech savvy are going to have an appreciation for being around the saints. Yeah. They got all kind of studies out on people that touch and embrace and how uh, significant that is for psychological and emotional health. And I think people who've been in that building, getting everything from the building, are going to have an appreciation now for I can use technology in my walk with God. So hopefully, it's going to be a mixture of both, and and as we should do in everything, learn from each other 
uh, the importance of what the church meant. And in the first century, they came together. They met in each other's houses daily. Yes, sir. In Acts chapter two. And, so, um, and what that meant, what, what, what's the benefit of that? And then because we're in the 21st century, that we can communicate in more than one day and more than one way. Yes, and I sir. think it's going to be a mixture of both of those. Yes, sir. So before we got here, I want to get to a few of these questions that people have been asking here on Facebook Live. And we appreciate everybody tuning in right now. And if you haven't already, please share, please comment, please like, just don't watch it, like it. Let us know how you're feeling about it. Uh, so people have been um, dropping a few, a few questions in the comments. Uh, one question, and I, 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 this is a question that I want your answer to as well. Uh, with all the changes that have been happening, the building closed, not the church is closed, but you've been still going to the church and preaching in, in, the, in the sanctuary <laughs> with empty pews. And let's talk about the tradition of black preaching. You know, we get our energy from that call and response and looking at people's faces and facial expression, the nodding of the head, being able to feel their energy and that spirit with the people. So how, have, how hard is it uh, or hard, how hard has it been for you to preach uplifting sermons uh, of hope in an empty sanctuary? Yeah, it's very, very interesting. We, we had uh, less than 10, about 10 people in the building the last time we did it. Uh, so we had a person singing, person playing a music, uh, uh, instrument, uh, somebody praying, somebody running one camera, uh, somebody working the sign. I think we had like 10 people and, and they weren't even in the same room. So we right. were all in the building, you know, our building seat like 2,000 plus people. So they spread out through this big old building and there <laughs> I am up preaching. But I, I know, and we've had so many people, we, I preach to more people now. It, through the through, through Easter Star Church, than at any other time in my ministry, and mm -hmm. so so I know that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people throughout the community and state and country and world that are, that are watching. So I get, I understand that. So it's not hard in the sense of exegeting, exposing, and explaining the text. Right. Not hard in that sense. Right. It's not hard in the sense of trying to get my subject and verb to agree and to get my theology straight and helping people to understand that the only way to get right with God is through his son, Jesus Christ, and faith in him and the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit operate. It's not hard in that sense. It's hard in the sense that I'm putting out so much energy and effort and, and I'm not getting anything. Because I know people are praying for us and supporting right. the work. But to, to, to get nothing back. Yeah. When I finish those, that little 30 minutes, you know, I've been cutting my, I shouldn't say cutting it. I have with intentionality put my messages at 30 minutes or less. That's hard. Yeah. Uh, but it's so draining. That 30 minutes is it's like preaching all day yeah. for 30 minutes with nobody there to encourage you to say, man, you know, I read body language and right. uh, facial expressions and I, I read all that when I'm and to not have that, that is draining. Physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, any way you think of it, it's, yeah. it's, it's draining. So I know moving forward, we're kind of thinking through on how we're going to uh, express our, our worship. Um, but the past uh, couple weeks, you've been doing it three times at the same time every yeah. week. And so people have been asking, like, 
Why is he doing? Why is he doing three yeah. times still? That's a good what question. Was, what was your thought process going going through with that? A couple of things. One is um, everybody doesn't wake up. You know, I wake up at six o'clock in the morning, so I, I could be alert and awake and aware by nine fifteen. Everybody doesn't wake up by nine fifteen, and then some people by ten thirty. If they have you haven't gotten a word to them, they finished. So you should have got it. Before 10.30 now, I got some other stuff I'll be doing. And uh, our congregation for the past 27 years have been doing multiple times. And so I wanted us to have some semblance of normalcy during this time. So that's why we went with that. People are used to coming on at 9.15 or 10.45 or uh, 12.15. So just normalcy. Just That's the time they normally get there. And then, but more than that, preaching in the moment yes sir preaching it and i listen to people that i listen to old messages of pastors and managers i do that all the time the truth truth is the same whether they preached it last week uh or right now but preaching in the moment brings a significant dynamic that you can't get when it's taped yeah you know you you know people that love music okay you can listen to a taped concert it's the same songs you know, it's the same words, same lyrics, same music, but nothing like hearing it live. It's just a different dynamic in the moment of the preaching, in the moment of the teaching. So that's why I did it. So as so, long as I could. So here's another question for you. As as we approach Holy Week and Good Friday yes. and Easter. Yes. Hallelujah. And, and so people, you know, now people are asking, like, how are we going to do Easter? Somebody yes. asked a question. Are we considering a drive-through communion of sorts on Good Friday or Easter? And that question reminded me of that video that's been going around of that man preaching outside yes. uh, with the Praise people the in their cars. And yes. they're pumping away. Hallelujah. As they, that's, that Hallelujah. was their amen. To that out without there the horn. Without the horn. We want to do it without the horn. I can't <laughs> holler like that. <laughs> so... What are we? What are we thinking through about Easter? Are we gonna still have an Easter? There, there, is, there will be an Easter, but how are we gonna celebrate it? That man, here's as you know, I tell our team this: things change daily. Yes, sir. That's why we're on every day. So you have to, you, whether it's through Facebook Live, or YouTube, or Instagram, or Twitter, um, Instagram, you have to follow us daily because situations change daily and of course uh we we all got our t-shirts <laughs> at easter start shirts that we wear as we celebrate 100 years we couldn't wait for easter to put our 100 year <laughs> memorial t-shirt on to celebrate easter um so i'm i'm gonna have my t-shirt on whatever's whatever's going on uh <laughs> but it, it changes daily and i know we're a few weeks out but we're definitely going to celebrate the death and the burial and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, and I encourage everybody to find some way to reflect upon Good Friday. That's that Friday where they nailed him to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And, of course, we call it Easter, that Resurrection Sunday when God raised Jesus from the dead. There will be some type of celebration. Um, but you please wait. And I keep telling you all this. Wait till you hear it from me if you don't hear from me because you know there are a lot of people out there trying to scam churches and people and businesses and everything else wait till you hear it 
from me and we will figure out a way for us to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior at a very, very high level. And I can't wait to preach about so, the resurrection. So you talked about this Sunday, or it might have been Wednesday, how nowadays people are more open to the word of God than you've yeah. seen in years past. And uh, the fact that when you were dealing with Paul and Silas and the earthquake shook and the jailhouse rocked and how that person, that, that, uh, that sailor or that jailer got saved the security guard got saved in that moment. So a question that somebody raised up was, during this time, how can I bring those I love to Christ without scaring them away? And yeah, they're used to bringing people to church all the time. So how can, in this time, can people uh, continue to their witness about Christ? Yeah, and that, that Acts chapter 16 piece that you talked about, where I talked about managing midnight mess. Yeah, <laughs> We're in the midst of a midnight mess. And what Paul and Silas, they didn't, when they were in that mess, in that prison, they didn't start complaining. They didn't start talking about the Roman government officials. Mm. They didn't start talking about the health, health officials in Philippi, what they did and didn't do after we got beat. And they should have been, they didn't do any of that. They started praying and praising God. And then they shared about salvation through Jesus Christ. And it wasn't just the guard that heard them. Go back and reread Acts chapter 16. It said all the prisoners heard them. So it wasn't just the guard that was open and his family got saved out of that. But those prisoners were open to hear praise and prayer and preaching because of the crisis that they were in. And we're living in that crisis right now. So my answer to people is nobody wants to sit around and listen to you complain for two hours yes sir and then talk about jesus for two minutes <laughs> yeah this is not the time to complain and time to cry and y'all we're in a crisis it's hard it's difficult but this is the time when you know people are open to the lord and Savior jesus christ you can ask them now, what do you think god is, is doing during this period? what do you think god is saying what do you think what do you think God's trying to get across to us through this crisis? Mm. And then guide that conversation to Jesus. Well, have you ever thought about becoming a Christian? Well, I was, but you know, no, that, that I'm not talking about going to church. I'm not talking about listening to the, the greatest, latest preacher and song. Have you ever thought about becoming a Christian? Yes. No, I really have. Well, let me tell you what that means. Because God still loves us even through all of this. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And the issue with God and us, our sin separated us from him. We can't get to God on our own. No matter how hard we try, we can't get there on our own. But Christ induced Christ died on the cross for our sins, paid the penalty for our sins. And if you believe, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised Jesus from dead, you can be saved right now. I don't have to talk about any government official. I don't have to talk about the health officials. I don't have to talk about CDC. I don't get, I don't get my information about medicine from politicians i get mine from doctors so i only only let's talk we're christians people are open turn the conversation to jesus turn it to god you can always turn to god what do you think god is saying in this period they say all kind of stuff they say well here's what the bible says about that and get right into that conversation so now earlier you talked about how you miss going to restaurants and somebody asked the question, well, what is your favorite restaurant that you like to go to that you miss the most? I will not t- 
tell you what my favorite restaurant is <laughs> because then y'all gonna be showing up there getting in the way of my wife and I enjoying our meal together. So I'm not gonna tell you, but I have several of favorite restaurants. Thank God they're in Indianapolis. But I have my, my 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 favorite restaurant nowhere near Indianapolis. So you if you get there, that means you really trying to find us. Uh, but no, I can't tell you what my favorite restaurant is. I tell you, um, I, I do like, I like seafood. So I, I like high class. I'm spoiled. I told you my wife is spoiled. I'm spoiled too. I like high class seafood restaurants. Well, yes. there's a clue. There's a clue, guys. So <laughs> there's a lot, of, a lot of restaurants out there. We, we appreciate your transparency. So before we uh, before we close, um, yeah, as you know, there's a lot of things that's going on. Um, there's been people talking about how uh, getting encouragement on uh, taking care of their children, and you, we got single parents out there who are uh, being, you know, a mom working from home, also being a teacher, a lunch lady as their schools are being closed. Um, we got people who loved ones have been affected by the virus who passed away by the virus we got people who've been going through issues even before this virus even showed up and financial issues and job issues and all these things and so as we close i uh, i want to allow you to just have a few moments to kind of share um your heart uh share kind of a, a an encouraging word to those who are listening as we close today yeah one, one of the things i want to say to all this is a crisis for everybody, you know, when in, in Genesis six, seven, eight, and nine, when it rained forty days and forty nights, it didn't just rain on the wicked people; it rained on everybody. It was a crisis for everybody. And that's what's happening um, with with the crisis that we're in. But here's what the Apostle Paul told um, the believers at Rome, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God those who are called according to his purpose and when when we talk about all things some sometimes people look well it, he couldn't have meant all things work together for good because look at the coronavirus virus look at the job loss look at companies closing look at all the things that, that are going on the sickness and the death he couldn't have meant all things but he did mean he wrote all things the holy spirit gave him, empowered him, and enlightened him to do that. It means all things. But it, when you read it in a modern translation scripture, it says, because it says God is at work in all things. Mm. So it's not the things working for you, because things don't work for you or against you. Things are not moral or immoral. They're amoral. They don't, they don't work for you or against you. But it's not the things working for you. It's God in the things that are working for you. And here's my encouragement to people, because God is from everlasting to everlasting. God has no beginning. He has no ending. That's what makes him God. He has no starting finish. He's no beginning, no ending. He's from everlasting to everlasting, which means you and I are working on the crisis in the right now. You talk about single parents, working a job, paying the rent, getting the insurance, teaching the children, homeschooling. All the stuff you, all the stuff we're doing, whatever your issue, we do, we work on that problem in the right now. Man. What you need to understand about God, He has no ending; He's everlasting. God has already worked on your problem in the not yet. So God has already 
stepped into the not yet and already worked all this while we work it in the, in the right now. Here's what I want to tell you. First time I heard it, E.K. Bailey said it. And that is, we work on our problem in the right now. God works on our problem in the not yet. And by the time we get our right now to God's not yet, our problem will be in the no longer. And we know. Yes, sir. All things work <laughs> together for good. Them that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Man. Well, we appreciate you being high tech with us today, Doc. And we appreciate your words of encouragement. Listen, church family, for all those who have been streaming via Facebook tonight, um, hopefully that you are, you are blessed by this conversation. And hopefully we can get a uh, pastor back on here uh, in, the, in, the, in the coming weeks or so. Um, for those of you who are tuned in, listen, we, uh, as pastor said, our doors may be closed, our buildings may be closed, but the church is still open. And so with that being said, um, we still need you to be as generous as, as you always have been. And so we have a plethora of ways for you to continue to, uh, to give as we continue to uh, meet the needs of those who are still in need during this time. Um, and we appreciate your continued support, not just with our community and city and state, but across this nation and world. So you can text to give at 45777 and enter ESC in the message field. Um, you can always go to our website, uh, easternstartchurch.org through the app to give. And then you can also, if you're old school, you write a check and mail it to the church, Eastern Star Church at 5750 East 30th Street. The mailbox is still open. Indianapolis, Indiana, 46218. Uh, so we appreciate your, your support financially. And then, of course, socially, you can follow us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. We got a podcast that Pastor Johnson is dropping sermons every single week that we continue to, as Pastor, as you talked about um, on Wednesday, that we continue to build our faith through the good news as we combat the fear through all this bad news that's going Hallelujah. on. And so, Doc, we appreciate you uh, coming in tonight. Tonight, And uh, thank you, sir, for coming online and talking to the people. Hey, hey, thanks for bringing me to the 21st century, son. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you all next time. Peace.